Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Slight Tibet and I'm joined for this international football edition of the podcast by Greg Browning. How's it going, Greg? Good evening, yes, I'm good. Not good. Bad. Good. Uh, you were suffering a wee bit from the cold when I spoke to you earlier today. You feel a wee bit better? Um, probably still a bit, a bit stuffy, but we'll, we'll get through this. Well, fortunately, and you're a good, what, 50 miles away from me? Maybe not even? Uh, Far enough. Uh, about 25 miles, not too bad. Far enough anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll struggle on. I think uh, you'll be okay for the next 15-20 minutes. Hopefully you'll hold out for that length of time because we're going to have a look at this weekend's games and we should probably talk about what's not on as opposed to what's on first and foremost. So obviously there's no Scottish football, there's no Belarusian football, there's no top tier in Norway. Um, very upsetting so... <laughs> actually, very upsetting weekend for me. No Belarus, no Norway, no Scotland. So we've had to really dig deep and look at the plethora of international games and under-21 qualifiers which start from tomorrow. So I think between Thursday and Tuesday, it's just absolute international qualifier carnage, really. Yeah, not in a good way, potentially. I, I don't really think punters particularly like betting on international football, but there's plenty on. Uh, there's, what, eight or nine fixtures over the next six nights, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday and Tuesday um, and they're all UEFA Nations League qualifying matches but also we've got a couple of rounds of under-21 qualifiers as well, they're qualifying for the European Championships next year. Yeah, I always remember when the international games come along and I think everyone just goes, oh, not another one, not yeah. another week, well it's not even a week now, it's a week and a half that the, the fixture cards just completely disrupted. Yeah. So I must admit, I think last year um, there was a double header in September, October and November. And I'll be honest, last year was really profitable. The international games last season and the breaks last season um, were fantastic, I think. So I think international games do get a bad press, but I think for the limited card and spread across kind of five to six days it does mm. give you a little chance to one take a breather I think we've probably enjoyed a, a quieter start to this week yeah. obviously we're usually recording Scottish podcasts Belarusian podcasts Norwegian podcasts plus midweek fixtures so it's been quite nice just to have a couple of days of downtime albeit I've been looking at this weekend's matches but yeah I don't think they're as bad as we make out but that said it's a bit of a different playing field this year given the fact they're behind closed doors yeah, and it's really difficult to gauge which players have played any football in the last couple of months. Yeah, it's going to be a real mix this weekend really because you're going to have some squads with players whose seasons have already started, some other squads with players whose seasons haven't started. Um, but I think in general, the Nations League format has actually been quite good from a, a betting point of view because most of the games are fairly competitive. It's obviously designed for teams of a similar ability um, to be playing against each other the way that the groups are formatted so actually it's for me it's a welcome addition as a punter to the international calendar uh, far more than you know previously we would have had friendlies maybe um, for this round of fixtures and I think that's probably reflected some of the bets that we're going to have a look at over the next 10-15 minutes 
Yeah, we could probably do a podcast that would last five hours trying to explain <laughs> the format of the yeah, Nations just League. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll still take five hours to read it. Probably. So we'll make a start on this weekend's fixtures. Um, obviously, there's two rounds of fixtures in the Nations League qualifying. We're going to have a look at the first portion of these in this podcast, starting with a game on Thursday night, and it's Turkey v Hungary. Yeah, so looking through the first couple of days fixtures I think as we said these league formats they've, they've obviously matched up teams really well so you tend to find teams of similar ability playing each other so it does make it a little bit harder but one match that did stand out for me and that's me going back to kind of remembering last year is Turkey's home match against Hungary so I would say the Turks are much improved I think they had a couple of disastrous qualifying campaigns did, yeah. um, a couple of seasons ago or a couple of years ago but all in all, over the last what year and a half, two years, they've only got one defeat in 13, which is pretty good going. Um, and I think the key call out or the, or the key performance for them was they beat France 2 1 at home, which is a fantastic result. I think that was last September or October. And they then went to France and they drew 1 all. So to take four points off a French side whose side is just a wash mm. with world class players is, is some going. Looking at their home form, they are unbeaten in eight at home. Again, very, very good. Six wins and two draws. But I guess the key thing that stands out for me is out of those eight home games, they've kept seven queen sheets. Um, so at any level, to keep seven queen sheets out of eight is tremendous. And they've actually kept five queen sheets in a row. So I guess at the moment, looking at their home form, looking at how they performed over the last year and a half, those victory against France and that drawn France, they're probably in very good shape coming into this match and they're playing a hungry side who are I think about 23 places lower than them in the in, in the rankings mm-hmm. um, I think Hungary are 52nd I think and I think Turkey are 29th, not much between the sides on paper but looking at how Turkey performed Hungary are really struggling they've only won one of their last six and their away form is Livingston style. It's, um, <laughs> they've only won two of their last 16 away games in all competition uh, in terms of qualifiers. And those two wins came at Azerbaijan and Latvia. So essentially they don't count. <laughs> um, <laughs> they've lost at Slovakia. They've lost at Wales. They've lost at Montenegro. They've lost at, in Greece and they've lost in Finland. Turkey for me are just as good, if not better, yeah, than some of those. the aforementioned five sides. Yeah. So the last 13 games away from home, 10 defeats, two draws and one win. Uh, and that I think that one win came at, came at Latvia. So I, I guess for me, looking at this match, uh, Turkey stood out a mile. They were 8-13 to 13 when I shared them on the channel. Um, I think they're now 8-15 to 15 to win the match. Obviously too short to back as a single, uh, but I'm going to take Turkey to beat Hungary. And I'm going to double that up with a match we'll look at in a second. OK, so that's fairly straightforward. It's a Turkey win, really. Yeah, um, Turkey win, yeah. The way the group stages work in the Nations League, they drop down a tier, I believe, from last season. Um, based on their performance, they only had one win in, in four, by the looks of it. Um, so we'll certainly feel that they should be in the, the tier above rather than the, the tier that they find them in. Yeah, uh, definitely. This round of fixtures. Okay, so that's a Turkey win, and that's going to be doubled with uh, your pick from Norway v Austria, which is on Friday at 7.45. Yeah, so I had to get my Norway 
um, <laughs> jab in there. <laughs> so Norway v Austria. So if you look at both of these sides, both massively improved. I think Norway and Austria over the years have just kind of huffed and puffed along, uh, not qualify for much, probably just struggled really. Bit like Scotland, I suppose. But um, looking at Norway at home um, and Norway in particular, absolutely outstanding over the last couple of years. Anyway, they've only lost one of their last fourteen games, and that one defeat came in a two-one defeat away to Spain. So there's absolutely no shame in that. But looking at their home form, they're unbeaten in fifteen. I don't think there's many sides out there that can boast an unbeaten in fifteen home games. Obviously, maybe the top clubs, maybe Germany, Spain, all that sort of stuff. But going down maybe a couple of levels to be unbeaten in 15 is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, those 15 games comprise of 10 wins and five draws. And in the last campaign uh, last year, they beat Cyprus 2-0 at home, beat Slovenia 1-0 at home, and they also defeated Bulgaria 1-0 at home. So looking at the Norwegian squad, um, thank you to our comrade um, David Weatherston who provided me with some player news on where these guys play yeah. but the vast majority of the Norwegian squad play their football in Europe so yeah, new, Holland, Germany bag, isn't it? Yeah. yeah there's only a couple of players maybe a couple from Rosenborg and from Bora Glimpse yeah um, interesting I see Patrick Berg's in the squad and that's obviously a name that will ring a bell with quite a few people who listen to our Norwegian podcast with David so it'll be interesting to see if he features yeah, in the game definitely. at all given the forum that he and uh, Glimpse have been in so far this season so they've got quite a young squad Norway but it's a very talented squad yeah. I think obviously we speak about Haaland who's obviously goal the Norwegian machine. Messi goal machine yeah. who's playing Dortmund at the moment but there's another player as well in Alex Sorloth. Um, apologies if that's pronounced wrong. He's um, playing his football in Turkey for Trabzonspor. He scored 24 goals last season, mm-hmm. which is a terrific return. And he's also got four goals in his last three for Norway. So plenty of attacking options for Norway. They're at home, they're unbeaten in 15. Now, they do face quite a tricky test against, against Austria. Austria themselves have actually been in a really good run of form, albeit they did lose last time out and a really poor 1-0 defeat at Latvia. Mm. But I just think, though, given Norway's squad, given their home form, and a really good run of results at the moment, um, I think Norway here, a uh, double chance at 2-5 to five is, a, is a great bet. I don't see Norway losing this match. You could have backed them at 64 to win the game, which yeah, would have been a either. Yeah. But given the fact I've identified Turkey, um, happy to double this up with Norway double chance. What that then gives you, it gives you a seven to five double uh, with Unibet for Turkey to win the match and for Norway double chance. Okay, so that's our first bet for the weekend, and that is spread over Thursday and Friday evening. Yeah, both seven forty-five. First game tomorrow, Turkey, and the second game on Friday, uh, Norway on Friday, also at seven forty-five. Okay, as we touched on, there are more fixtures obviously later into the weekend. You'll be covering those on the Telegram channel for for members. Um, But before that, there's a round of fixtures in the under-21s European Championship qualifying. And you've got a couple of games on Friday that you like the look of in terms of goals. Yeah, a big fan of the under-21 games. I think you can probably have a little bit of an edge sometimes on these matches. The, The bookies know a little bit less about the quality of these teams. But again, going back to last year very profitable back in these these matches for goals. So identify two matches. 
Uh, first match is Austria at home to Albania, and that's at 5.30 on Friday. So just, just to confirm, this Friday sees the vast majority of under-21 games being played, and Tuesday sees the second round of games for the majority of these sides. Yep. So again, I'll, I'll be sharing that on the channel once we kind of get an idea of how Friday night's games go. But yeah, Austria v Albania first. Um, Austria are on level points with England, albeit they've played one more game. But looking at their home form so far, they've already won 4-0 against, I think it was um, Azerbaijan. They beat Turkey 3-0 at home. And they also beat Kosovo 4-0 at home. So they've won six of their last seven home games. And five of their last seven games have seen over 2.5 goals. And I guess it's also worth noting as well, Austria hammered Albania 4-0 in the, the first fixture. Mm-hmm. So just a pointer here, these are probably now the second round of games. They're halfway through the qualifying campaign. Yeah. So for those not too familiar with the under-21 setup at the moment, um, these are qualifiers for the Hungary-Slovenia um, Euro 2021 Championships. And I think most teams have played four or five games. So halfway through the qualifying campaign now and lots to play for. So in terms of Albania, um, pretty poor, <laughs> one win in 14. They've conceded two or more goals now in 11 of their 14 games. What I do like the fact is their last eight games have all went over 2.5 goals, with seven of those going over 3.5. So there's been 21 goals scored in the last six games. What I do like the look of as well, though, is they've scored in six of the last eight matches. So they may not be winning games and they may be losing most of their games, but they, they, they are getting on the score sheet. So I think for me, this one here, I think over 2.5 goals looks a good shout. Obviously, it's short, 4 to 9. Um, Austria, I'm hoping, can manage at least two goals. Albania may very well give us a, a consolation, but I think there's enough quality in the Austrian team at home given how they performed so far, uh, to, to score three goals here. And I think over 2.5 goals is worth taking on. So that on its own is around the 4-9 mark? Yeah, 4-9, I think, best place at the moment. Um, and it's maybe something we'll touch on as a, a week in a round-up point, um, as the goals markets in some of these games. But um, you're going to pair that with France under-21's visit to Georgia on Friday as well? I am. So I am a secret French fan. I'm a massive <laughs> fan along with about six other clubs. <laughs> um, France on the 21s last year were absolutely outstanding to back for goals. Um, just to go f- through their four games from the campaign so far, they defeated Azerbaijan 5-0. They mm. beat Slovakia away 5-3. They then beat Georgia at home 3-2. And they then lost the one in Switzerland. So scoring lots of goals, but they're also conceding. So it's 22 goals scored in their opening four matches, um, 14 for, eight against. Now, I'm pretty sure most of you will be familiar with um, Edward, Celtic's French Eddie, the goal scoring yep. machine. He is the competition's highest goal scorer so far. He's on seven goals. He's scored in each game so far. I think he scored two against Azerbaijan, a hat-trick against um, Slovakia and a goal in each of the Georgia and Switzerland games. Yeah, he's got a phenomenal record at this level. He scored 11 and 6 under 21 caps. <laughs> not bad, isn't it? It's not bad. So he's injured at the moment. Now, he, has, he hasn't played in either of Celtic's last two matches, much to the dismay of 
the Celtic faithful. Uh, so I was waiting to see team news here and I was absolutely delighted to see he's been called up. So he has travelled to Georgia and I'm assuming he'll also be travelling to um, Azerbaijan on for, for Tuesday's game. I'm not sure if he'll start or not. I hope he does. Uh, but that said, I think a really talented French team scoring lots of goals. But I do like the fact at the back, there's probably some question marks about their defensive capabilities, given the fact they've conceded three against Slovakia, three against Switzerland, and they even let Georgia come to France and score two against them. Mm-hmm. I think that match required a Edward 90th minute penalty. Yeah. Um, so, good going forward, but I still think there's question marks defensively. Now, Georgia themselves, they've seen 20 goals in their five games so far. As I said before, they went to France and scored two. They've scored in all five matches. Now, I guess against the better sides, I wouldn't say they struggle. They're not getting results. But when you look back over their matches, very competitive. 3-2 in France. They lost 3-2, I think, against Switzerland. And they lost 2-1 against Slovakia. So I think Georgia, here at home, are more than capable of, of scoring. And it's hard to imagine... France not scoring at least twice here. So again, I think this probably looks probably the bet of the day in terms of over 2.5 goals, albeit it is very short at 1-2. to two. But double that up with the Austria-Albania match and that gives you a very nice 11-10 to 10 double. And that's with bet 365. OK, can't really argue with that. Um, yeah, that France under-21 squad's been strong for a good few years now, hasn't it? With players knocking at the door and that. Mm. First team squad, which you know, there's some phenomenal players can't even get near that as well. No, they've got a, they've, they've got a cracking squad. Um, just the volume of goals being scored, I don't think they're that fast for defending. It must be all attack um, in, in their matches, just based on the volume of goals they've scored. But as I said before, they do concede quite a lot of goals. So this looks like a great shout for over 2.5, and I'd be very, very, very surprised if there wasn't at least three goals in this match. There's probably a case really here to back over 3.5 and I did consider that uh, just above even money for over 3.5 but happy to take the double uh, with Austria instead Okay, so that's a couple of doubles for the weekend Um, the games also look tailor-made for bets that you like which are, you know rounding up a group of games and having bets on goals in the first half or over one and a half goals in total So I think most of you know by now um, certainly on Twitter and on the channel, I'm a big fan of, I guess, like, like you say, two or three markets. Market number one, and these are all for small stakes. So when I say small stakes, you're talking a couple of pounds here probably because you get such good odds. Mm-hmm. Um, I go in the first half an hour, so you can get that with Bet365 in play. Or I think um, is it William Hill also offer it. Was it Paddy Power also offer 30-minute markets? Yeah, Again, I think you get great just... odds for them. You just need to be kind of there's a small window where you can get those bets on because the games usually come on and play like ten minutes before kick off, yeah, five exactly. minutes before kick off. Yeah. So you just you need to be on the ball. Um, so the games kick off at seven forty five. Yeah. So yeah, like you say, half past seven twenty to seven. Tw- sorry, half past seven twenty to eight. They will appear in play, um, and it's time of first goal. So if you're getting what seven or eight games kicking off at the same time, and backing a goal in the first half an hour. Going to be getting 50 to 1, probably, probably more. Um, it landed a number of times last season, and another bet that landed quite a lot was over two point, over 1.5 goals 
in, in all the matches. So I had a little look, and I think we spoke today earlier, pre-podcast, on just my memory of last year's competition and in the national scene last year. And from memory, there was lots of goals last year, lots of games over 1.5 goals. I think from when I was posting on the Mr Fixit website at the time, we had winners every international break between September and November when the international break came. And you've then obviously got six days of matches on each mm-hmm. um, each round of fixtures. Yep. So having looked at that, um, I've pulled together some very quick high-level stats before we came on the podcast. So quiz time. How many matches were played in the Nations League? What, in total? 19. In total, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, 142. Right, so okay. 142 <laughs> matches played. Any ideas how many goals scored? Um, I will go for 400. Not a bad guess. 3-4-2. So we're stealing 42 goals scored, which averaged out at 2.41 goals per game, um, which across that volume of games is actually pretty high. I guess you've got the, the, um, the skewness of, at that point, you had teams like San Marino playing Spain. So that would have skewed it a little bit. But looking back across last September, October, November, looking through each round of matches, I think there was, what, 83%, 86% of the games went over 1.5 goals. And when we spoke at the start of the podcast about these matches being evenly matched, that's probably why we're getting what I believe is really decent odds on over 1.5 goals in a lot of the games. Mm -hmm. A lot of 49s, a lot of... Two to fives. Normally, for over 1.5 goals in a game, you're usually getting one to four, one to five. And obviously, in some leagues, it's obviously much, much shorter than that. But I think, I think here, there's definitely the opportunity here to identify maybe three or four games that look like they'll have at least two goals in them. Mm-hmm. So two two to five shots will pay even money. I think the Slovakia um, Czech Republic matches one match that looks good for goals. But looking through the card, you, you could probably call out. A dozen or so games, you can make a case for there being at least two goals in them. Yeah, and you can maybe take a longer term view over the six days as opposed to limiting yourself. Yeah, totally. You can go right through the card and identify the the best market. Even games like Germany, Spain's two to seven mm-hmm. uh, for over one point five goals, which which isn't that bad a price. I don't think. Yes, they're evenly matched, but I think. Yeah. So far, we'd expect there to be goals in most of these games. Yeah, you'd expect so. I guess one team to avoid is Republic of Ireland. Oh God, don't even don't even watch that match. Um, I get seen... under zero point zero goals. In that match. <laughs> well, we did. That reminds us of the St Mirren St Johnson one the weekend. But um, I think I'd seen uh, the guys that we love betting tweeting that it's twenty one out of twenty six Republic Ireland fixtures have gone under two and a half goals or something like that. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I think it's that... been an ongoing thing now for a good couple of years now that any Republic of Ireland match will blow you to, blow the tears out of you. Yeah, it'll blow you to death, and you might get one goal if you're lucky. Yeah, so I suppose we're advocating don't be just doing it blindly. You know, do a wee bit of research in terms of no, not at all. Definitely, where the goals. There's definitely games to avoid. Yeah, uh, but there's definitely games there that look that they could have at least two goals in them, and um, obviously the stats will back some of them up. But yeah, definitely avoid um, Republic of Ireland. There's a couple of other games you wouldn't even look at for goals, but I think there's enough games across the six days to identify which ones will have goals, which ones won't. 
Okay, so I guess these aren't tips as such, but these will be bets that you're just doing privately, I guess, are, you know, the roll-ups of over one and a half goals in games, a goal before 30 minutes, and you're going to do a half-time, a goal in the first half as well? Yeah, depending on prices. So, although I'm not putting them on the channel, I think at the moment as well, the channel's not just about putting tips up. I think it's about making people aware of markets that are successful. Yeah. And markets that deliver profit. And I know for a fact, given the ones I've put on Twitter so far and on the, on the channel, they go before half an hour. There's been lots of guys on that. And it's not a market yeah, yeah. they were aware of before. So I think I've seen a few winners, few winners yeah, in Norway, was it? A couple in Norway, a couple in Sweden. We had a winner in France, I think, at the weekend as well. The France. four games on Sunday in France. Yeah. So it's all about just opening people's eyes up to other markets that give you very good value uh, and very low risk for yeah what can then essentially be small stakes. And that's essentially what these bets will be um, over the six nights. Okay, so if there's any listeners out there who are maybe new to the podcast, when Greg's referring to his channel, um, he has a, a private Telegram channel. Um, you can find all the details at gambler.co.uk. Just completed our second month on there, Greg, and it's been another month of profit. Yeah, so really pleased to end August in profit. I think since we start the start of July... We're sitting just under 60 points profit for since the launch. I think what we said, based on um, a £10 per point stake, that would see you just return just under £600 profit for those two months. So, yeah, really pleased so far. Uh, two profitable months. And I think we've got obviously got a lot to look forward to in terms of the return of a number of leagues that we really like the look of. So, Norway, Belarus and Scotland have been fantastic for to keep us going with the last couple of months. But we're going to have the return, obviously, of other leagues as well over the next couple of weeks anyway and into October. So, yeah, really, really good start. And um, it's, it's been a great start so far, hasn't it? Yeah, fingers crossed all goes well in terms of, you know, the games go ahead as planned as they are at the moment because I think by the end of this month we'll be in a pretty good position in terms of other leagues coming online. I think Scotland's kind of early October, mid-October for the lower leagues um, and by that point we should be firing in all cylinders, I think, on the on the channel. Yeah, the Scottish games, unfortunately, will probably be the last to start. Yeah. And I think I put a tweet up today on Twitter just um, expressing my delight and excitement <laughs> of the thought of those games returning. So I think at the moment, as most of you guys will know, I'll tend to focus on um, set leagues. I'm not going to scart myself about trying to get an understanding of every league in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worked really well for us so far, focusing on Belarus and Norway and the Scottish Premiership. But I guess our bread and butter will be the, the Scottish lower leagues, given we know the teams, the players, the fans, the officials, the managers. Um, so we'll get really stuck into that once that starts in October. Yeah, no excuses for your pronunciation when it comes to the Scottish lower leagues, Greg. Well, you never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, OK, so just before we wrap up this weekend, uh, tips then, can you just give us a wee recap of your two doubles? Yeah, so two doubles for the weekend so far, but like I say, I'll end up putting um, additional tips on the channel probably come Saturday. But the, the first double is Turkey to beat Hungary, and that's on Thursday at 7.45, and I'm doubling that up with Norway double chance against Austria and that's on Friday at 7.45 and that is 7-5 and that's 7-5 best price at the time with Unibet and moving into the under 21 qualifiers I'm taking Austria and Albania 
and Georgia v France. So both games kick off tea time on Friday and I'm taking over 2.5 goals in both games and that pays 11 to 10 um, with bet 365. Good stuff. That's us for this week. Uh, we'll be recording our next podcast, which will be a look at Oberst League and matches, which are on Tuesday of next week with David Weatherston. We'll be doing that over the next couple of days, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, you can also keep an eye out for some big news around a fantastic addition to the Gambler stable next week as we continue to go from strength to strength, bringing you the most informed analysis from the best tipsters around, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, Greg, you can go and have your lem sip before <laughs> Thank you, you your bed. <laughs> I'm going to go off and get this double on. Uh, so best of luck with your bets and hope you're feeling better soon. Yeah, good luck, everyone. Thanks.